Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Today is episode 77 and we have ourselves a very fun one because it's the year roundup Wrestling Should Be Fun 2022 awards and we're blessed with three guests today. We had ourselves for the first time in a while. Con man, you're back in the saddle. How you doing, mate? I'm good, man. Yeah. World Cup, wasn't there? Kind of diverted my attention to that for a bit. <laughs> And after we booked our World Cup so expertly, I thought, well, that, that's me done for a while now. So, yeah, glad yeah. to be back. <laughs> and just like in the Wrestling Should Be Fun World Cup, the heels won. <laughs> <laughs> also in the booth today, we have ourselves JCH. JCH, all the way from the southwest of England, I'm guessing, at the moment. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, still in the uh, yeah, southwest for a couple more days. Coming back up for the uh, unboxing show. When's that? Three days? Yeah, Thursday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll be back for that unless they no, wait, cancel trains again. Friday. Friday, Friday. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. And a lot is riding on that with the Pickums as well. Conman, <laughs> I know, is having some squeaky bum time around that. Um, <laughs> but someone that isn't, because they're rubbish at the Pickums, just like me, is Josh. How are you doing, Josh? <laughs> wow, I mean, I was quite happy with my Europa League placing in the early standings, but I suddenly feel like I've underachieved. <laughs> Everyone has a platform combo. <laughs> but I think I can still win it. Yeah, I think James can still win it. And Mike. Need a bit of a miracle, but I had a good junior tag league put me right back in there. Not quite in the mix. About November did kill me a bit. But... <laughs> a three-way dance going into the last match. How very Paul Heyman 1994. I like and it. in this three-way dance, if... Uh... Poor man is Eddie Kingston and Mike's Trent Seven. I'm Mad Kurt. I think that's about that is my chance. <laughs> I am in the match, so. but largely <laughs> being passed by. I love it. <laughs> okay, so wrestling should be fun awards. We have a few extra ones from last year. If you were counting from last year and have given last year's a listen, please do. That was a lot of fun. But this year we've added a few more and we're going to start with Fun Wrestler of the Year. I'll quickly run through some of the picks from the Wrestling Should Be Fun roster. So we have Apron Bump, Orange Cassidy, Ash, Sami Zayn, Brum, The Acclaimed, Conman, Sami Zayn, Harry, Charles Crowley, JCH, Sami Zayn, Josh, Lana Austin, 90s, Sami Zayn, Phil, Danhausen, Rev Pro Rob, Sami Zayn, me, Lana Austin, Ryan, Sami Zayn, and Shads, Sami Zayn. So Sami Zayn clearing up in the wrestling should be fun picks. Shall we quickly run through each of our picks in terms of why you pick them? Shall we start with Conman, who I believe has picked... Sami Zayn. Yeah, back to winner there, haven't I? I just think he's just been pure entertainment. Like, we've talked on this podcast a few times about actual funny and wrestling funny. And I think Sami Zayn passes into actual funny. Um, I mean, feeling oozy and things like this have, have definitely tickled me this year. 
And um, each, yeah, and on top of that, his his wrestling style is fun as well. Still managing to to bump around and stuff, even as this heel, you know. And you, you look at his year going from the Knoxville stuff, which was super fun, into <laughs> being, you know, Roman's kind of trying to impress Roman and becoming the lackey in the group there and doing the fun stuff. Like for me, it was quite an easy choice. I think that's all fair. Absolutely all fair. Josh, you and myself, we both went with Lana Austin. I think that was a little bit of um, bias towards going to live <laughs> shows. But what was the reasoning for you? Like you said, mate, um, pretty much every progress show I've been to, Lana's had me howling with laughter through nefarious means and heelish acts. I just think she's someone who, a bit like Sammy really, is so is really committed to her character, really committed to her role, uh, and just makes me laugh. She does silly shit all the time I've, she's we've seen her hide in the crowd we've seen her go down the road and raving greed up to leave the arena and chase her and drag her back and then bizarrely she ended the year as a uh, progress women's world champions so yeah i said she was an eventful 2022 yeah absolutely and i think that the stable that, that they built around her has absolutely helped her as well being able to be in control of two wrestlers um and getting them to do her dirty work works perfectly and jch you went with sammy zane too well you know me i watch all the wwe stuff never miss a minute <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah no i was um i was very much impressed with uh i say i mean i didn't forgotten about the uh knoxville match so, i mean i watched that don's house this year and that was a bloody good laugh and um yeah like the bloodline stuff whilst advancing a story in which looks entertaining in a serious way to be that comedic at the same time just with the facial expressions the deliveries yeah I've seen quite a lot of those clips on Twitter and stuff and occasionally when I watch I'm waiting for NFL to start I'll watch the hour long highlight or something and it's always a highlight of um, of the WWE programming and, and it's yeah it's comedic and it sort of looks like it's moving in a direction that's going to give a good payoff as well not just be a you know it's, it's had feeling as well to be fair to it <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, fair, fair play to him for his multifaceted uh, range that he has. Yes. So now, shall we see if he's managed to win overall? <laughs> we'll go through the top five. In fifth place is Andre Chase from NXT. Good Any shout. thoughts on Andre Chase's 2022? Good shout. I mean, I've not seen loads and loads of NXT, but whenever I've dipped in, Andre Chase is doing something funny. He cracks me up when he switches and goes a bit mad at him. So, yeah. I think that's fair. Flag-waving, expletive-swearing head coach <laughs> of a university. Good character. <laughs> in fourth place, me and Josh will be happy. Lana Austin gets fourth place. Ooh. Nice. Deserved. Third place is someone that only Phil from the Rest Should Be Fun team picked is Danhausen. Still picking up votes and he won last year as well. I've got something to say about Danhausen. <laughs> Go on. No, it's, a, it's a positive. He has won. He's won me over quite a lot. Even if it was with his stuff with Hook or recently. Or, um, say like, he, he, is a, he is a funny character. I don't quite understand him. <laughs> but I remember seeing him in like in person when I went to the All Out weekend, and he's just like being around the ringside. I can't remember what what the match was. It was probably a best friends trio or something. But he was yeah very entertaining. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced I want to see him wrestle that much. But as a uh, character on the outside and a, and a sort of manager type weirdo, 
Um, and we have a day when he did when he took over like Mark Henry and stole his. <laughs> I was like, "You're stealing my life." And he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great, uh, so it? fair play to Dan Housen, who has, I think definitely got a niche role that is worth having on AEW television, which I wasn't sure about when he first came in. Does he still make you smile, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I was I'm a little less versed in Danhausen before they signed him. I'm, I'd seen all the memes and the fact that Twitter loved him, um, and yeah, I mean, he's an oddball and he's he is the epitome of what this award is, right? He is fun, so yeah, I think a third place is uh, pretty good. Hopefully, he gets uh, more exposure next year and can branch out this character further and be very nice and very evil. Absolutely, and in second place, also AEW goes to Orange Cassidy. Someone that I don't think any of us picked in our roster. It's overexposure, right? Like, we've seen it. Yeah. It's still fun. Yeah. It's just I've seen it. And to be fair, he did add new things like bringing the belt in a backpack. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Quite good. Uh, but yeah, I don't Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he's funny enough to keep being. Yeah. Yeah. What like it's, I'd say overexposure is sort of the word for it. Yeah. You've got to be keep going up with brand new and better stuff. Else, as you say, once you've seen the routine, it's still enjoyable. But I would, yeah, I would never have considered him personally. I feel like because it took. As best I recall, I think he had his first match in AEW like a few months into the company existing. Um, I feel like before that, he was just like doing comedy skits here and there. But now, because he wrestles quite often, like you said, I feel like it's that overexposure thing. We kind of just, we're kind of used to him by now. Although I did see him commentate on a AEW celebrity baseball game. <laughs> and he was, he was very funny in that, to be fair to him. But obviously that didn't really hit the, the wider stratosphere of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, just, maybe in 2023 if he becomes a part of the comms team then he'll be back up at number one yeah and as we probably all guessed a runaway leader and winner of fun rest of the year wrestling should be fun 2022 is Sami Zayn Well earned. Yep. Did you say Danhausen won it last year? He did, yeah. I think it's an award that Sami Zayn might struggle to win next year if the storyline goes the way we think. But for this year alone, I don't think there was much competition. Yeah, fair, fair. So we move on to fun moments of the year. And we'll quickly run through the picks from the Wrestling Should Be Fun team. Apron Bump has gone for Sami Zayn getting the Oost t-shirt. Ash has gone for Brock with the tractor. Brum <laughs> has gone for Do-Rag. and Harry have both gone for Sami Zayn versus Knoxville at WrestleMania. JCH has gone for Bucket Hat. <laughs> I can't remember when I did these. I couldn't. I had no idea. What <laughs> Josh, nineties, Ryan, and Shads have all gone for the feeling Usi promo, and Phil went for Regal and Excalibur on commentary. <laughs> all worthy, I would say. Shall we start with Conman again with your Sami Zayn WrestleMania pick? Yeah, I feel like we're going to be covering ground a lot with Sami Zayn this year. He's had a bit of a good year. But, I mean, it beat the high expectations people thought this match could have. Like, it was nostalgia-driven and everything. And I think everyone thought they were going to have a laugh, but they actually created really memorable moments. The body slam heard around the world, the massive 
uh, mousetrap and stuff. I mean, it was just a really inventive <laughs> and fun, stupid match that I think most wrestling fans loved, even apart from Dave Meltzer, because he's a bit hard-nosed, isn't he? But, but the, the general wrestling uh, fandom, I think, really took to this match and, and saw it for the absolute fun it is. And, you know, he puts over a guy from Jackass and then ends up having a year where he's now put in a position where he's one of the top names in the company. And, uh, I mean, it all started really with this, this match, for me, the run, and what a fun match. Uh, is it a moment or a match? It was, for me, yeah, there were so many moments within it, but that's mine. Yeah, there was plenty of votes for it, so it's a worthy entry, mate. And on Austin's podcast on the network, he actually said that, that it's easily one of his most favourite matches of his whole career. So he clearly ha- holds it in high regard, just as you do. Yeah, I suppose if you're uh, Sami Zayn, like, it's an art to... Uh, get a non-wrestler to such a fun performance, right? And such a good performance. So I can see why he'd hold a lot of pride in that. And JCH, how much can you talk about a bucket hat? (laughs) (laughs) The Jake Hager. Because he gave it to Garcia, didn't he? It was when Garcia was sort of on the cusp of leaving. And then Jake Hager suddenly turned up wearing this purple bucket hat all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's very entertaining. And then I'm pretty sure there was a bit where Orange Cassidy stole a bucket hat as well, which made him beat him. Giving Orange Cassidy more props than I than I did earlier. I, I, um, I think the bucket hat thing is funnier when I think of how funny Jake Hager thinks it is. If that makes sense, <laughs> that's yeah. why it's funny because it's not as it's not funny for the reasons he thinks it's funny. Uh, yeah, he thinks it's funny, but it's funny that he's obsessing over it, like in a way that he, yeah, it's 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 really funny. I think I also voted for this during the World Cup when I was wearing a Wales bucket hat for about four <laughs> days before we got knocked out. <laughs> but, and um, what did you write on that hat after Wales were knocked out? Well, first it's Senegal, <laughs> and, and then and then because and I gave it to my mate who came into the bar, and because England beat Senegal so comfortably, when my other mate came to the bar next time, I, I'd written France on it for him. As I, at this point, I'm doing it for England fans as a good luck charm, and then it stopped working pretty quickly. But. Uh... <laughs> Absolute crawler, mate. Absolutely. Senegal was good though, because it's the same colours. It fit quite easily. Yeah, that one makes <laughs> sense. I like that. Josh, you along with many others, went with the feeling Usi promo. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this promo was crazy because I, I the the line where I think it was Jay said, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. And then they had that amazing cam- zooming camera shot of Roman as he looked up. And then it went from like an ultra serious moment. To Sammy saying the uh, the Uzi comment, and then everyone just absolutely died. Um, and I've not seen that on WWE TV for like a long time. And then obviously since then, Sammy's done it in different promos here and there. But and then the fact that Roman kind of, as he smirked through his, the rest of his promo, kind of used it to fuel the rest of his promo. I just thought this whole promo was an absolute masterpiece, whether it was by design or not. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well said, mate. Well said. And lastly, my pick was SummerSlam, Brock in a tractor. <laughs> what more needs to be said, really? A feud that many had tired of, and they managed to go into SummerSlam and have one of the most memorable matches of the year, culminating in the ring being tipped on its side by Brock in a tractor. I mean, doesn't get much more fun than that, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the overall results. Fifth place was was something that didn't get mentioned at all in the wrestling should be fun picks was the chant of "Oh, scissor me, daddy" on AEW. 
think it's a fair shout. It was a lot of fun. That's also my um, personal hotspot name now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> In fourth place, Apron Bump will be happy. It's the honorary Oost t-shirt segment for Sami Zayn. In third, I'm happy. It's Brock with a tractor at SummerSlam. Which means in second place, come man, your pick of Sami Zayn versus Knoxville at WrestleMania. Second the place for Sami Zayn. <laughs> and it's a one two for Sami. Feeling Usi has run away with it. Fun moment of the year, the Feeling Usi promo. Josh, that's another win for you. Yeah, mate, like, it's just hilarious, isn't it? When you can crack up Roman Reigns. Jimmy Uso, Paul Heyman, and the guy he's feuding with, Jey Uso. I think you've had a pretty fun moment, haven't you? Sami Zayn, three in the top five. I know, right? Well, the, the bloodline, two as well, I suppose. But Sami Zayn individually, three. Two awards in a row for him as well. Happy, One more happy is a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that uh, Ultimate Dragon picture. <laughs> <laughs> Next up we have ourselves the Rising Star Award. So, going back to the rest of Chubby Fun Picks, we've got Apron Bump went with Solo Sikoa, Ash went with Takashita, Brum went with Luke Jacobs, Conman went with... Northern Bias with Brum. <laughs> fucking Northern Monkeys. I hate these fucking Southern Fairies. Conman went with Corey McRae, Harry went with Spike Trebay, JCH, Josh, and 90s all went with Leon Slater. Phil went with RKJ. Rev Pro Rob went with Daniel Garcia. I went with Roxanne Perez. Ryan went with Tate Mayfairs. And Shads went with Jamie Hayter. All great years for every single one of those mentioned. Conman, someone that stands alone in this list. Corey McRae. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a massive uh, bias in my local <laughs> promotion there. He's the champion in uh, Ignite Wrestling in Boring World. We've spoken about it more than it probably gets spoke about on any other wrestling podcast here. Uh, that's because I enjoy going. And he's the champion and he's mint. And I'm hoping that this year he will continue to get bookings in even bigger promotions because he is proper mint. And I think people that have seen him think he's mint as well. So just giving him a little shout out. I mean, Rising Star Wars is a hard one because... You can go so many directions with it. I don't really know where the ceiling and floor is, like, because I mean, you can't really compare someone like a Jamie Hater to take Mayfairs in terms of where their careers are at, but they're kind of both right. Um, so that's just, I, I gonna, just thought I'd give it a bit say, of a um, It just shows like the different things people watch in a way and where you've come in on someone in their career. Because Shad's watching more stuff on TV, he gets to a few shows with us. Um, so like, and Jamie Hayter has had a massive rise this year on TV from where she was at the start of the year to being the champion. Whereas like from myself, like seeing her in Eve, like I feel like she'd already made the rock and like stardom and stuff. She's already made that rise. So it's, it's just interesting to see the different way people approach this question because every one of those, as Ross said, every one of those people has a, had a massive year or is on the cusp of having a big year. And then, yeah, just the different way people look at it and different way people see people at their careers makes you think, um, yeah, I think it's an interesting interesting question that, that has a, a lot of variety in on the answers. And you yourself went for Leon Slater, JCH. Happy with that pick? Well, not that happy because it's, it's going to mean I'm going to go Dom a beer or something, isn't it? Because we've, <laughs> we've got Adam Newman versus Leon Slater bet. But, um, but yeah, Leon Slater, he's, well, I'd never, I'd say that like, for me, I'd never heard of him before this year. 
and he's come out and had a number of uh, exceptional matches that we've seen, and I've heard about a few more which I haven't seen. And he looks like he's got the. Uh, yeah, I say I don't know whether it will be like making the world his oyster next year, or it's just Britain, and then the world comes the year after. But it's that sort of you expect him to make those sort of leaps come in the coming couple of years. He's ridiculous. Yeah, sure. like, he spent should, that week yeah. in GCW towards the end of the year, and it seems like he made a big impression there. So I think it's only the start for this boy. From the last progress show, um, obviously I brought a couple of people. Scott had only been once before. Brandon had never been. And Leon Slater's dive over the corner turnbuckle was probably the thing that blew their mind the most. He's ridiculously talented for his age. Yeah. Josh, anything to add for your pick? Uh, yeah, I literally had a front row seat to watch him wrestle uh, Takashita in Sheffield's. And I could have picked him based upon that match alone for this award. I think for his age, he is absolutely ridiculous. Well said. Well said. And... I went for Roxanne Perez, someone that at 21 years old, in nine months in NXT, I think she she became the Iron Survivor. She became NXT champion. She became the breakout star tournament winner. So yeah, someone that a meteoric rise, almost Brock Lesnar-esque in terms of where she's come from to where she is. I realise that it's a bit of a strange rising star pick now that she's the champion. <laughs> but I picked this previous to her becoming champion with <laughs> The <laughs> stuff that happens elsewhere. But yeah, she's excellent. Enjoyed her work in Ring of Honor, where of course she was champion there as well. And yeah, she's going to be a star and she's on the rise. Let's take a look at how the voting went overall. So in joint fourth place was NXT's Brom Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. Bron Breaker was last year's winner as well. Both of them are rising stars. They're both <laughs> really fucking good, aren't they? Yeah, I would say so. And mo- moving into the main roster, third place is Austin Theory. Someone who's had a stop-start WWE career, but 2022 definitely sees him in a far better place than ever previously, I would argue. I suppose the timing of the vote has really helped him there, hasn't it? Yeah. He had that raw moment, didn't he, where he kind of snapped. And yeah, it felt like, okay, they're really going to go with Theory now. That the briefcase is off him. He's no longer a selfie guy. He's a man. And yeah, I'm obviously loving it because years and years ago, I called that he could be the next big thing. And it feels like he's on the cusp. And in second place was my pick, Roxanne Perez, which means that the winner... Is Sami Zayn. (laughs) Is Takashita. From AEW and beyond. I think it's pronounced Takeshita. Okay, let's say it again. And the winner, <laughs> Takeshita. <laughs> I think I, I don't. I don't like to correct, but well, I do. You know me. But <laughs> <laughs> I might be completely wrong, but I swear it because I, I don't think it has shit in the in the name. That's the only reason why. We asked someone on Friday like, at the show. They must know him, surely. <laughs> I think it's Takeshita. Takeshita. As opposed to Takashita. Okay, got it. Thoughts on the year that he's had? Uh, yeah, he's. I say another person I hadn't seen before this year. So I don't watch anywhere near as much Japanese wrestling as I used to. And even if I did, I doubt I'd have seen him because I think he was more a DDT guy. Am I right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah everything I've seen him on AEW has been exceptional. He's really, really good. And I don't think I, don't think I saw him over here. Did he, did he wrestle in Rev Pro over here? He did a weekend for Progress. He did Sheffield and I think Newcastle. 
that's what didn't I he, didn't, he, didn't he wrestle old um oh what's his name in Newcastle? Dean Allmark. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him over here. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been that north for wrestling for a while. But um, yeah, everything I've seen of him, he looks uh, fantastic. And I think, yeah, the sky's the limit for him, definitely. And he's signed with AEW now, hasn't he? He's got some yeah, form yeah, of deal yeah. with them, yeah. yeah. Any standout matches that you've seen of him this year? I know Josh said that he saw the match live. He wrestled Moxley recently, which was good. Yeah, that was on Rampage, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was like just the kickoff match for Rambo, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not very good at remembering matches. I think he wrestled Moxley. Match year, but... I think he, his big breakout match in AW was Moxley as well. I think he's wrestled him twice. I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure that... Um, he wrestled Kingston? That, I'm pretty sure that, that, that the match that, that I saw that he had that blew me away on Dynamite was Paige. Oh, yeah. Yeah, might have been that one, actually. Yeah, he is excellent. He's fast, he's strong, and, yeah, he's going to be a star, isn't he? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah, and with, and with the, I say that that sort of brings back to my point earlier with the different way that people look at the award with this sort of uh, fan base that we have in general with of larger wrestling companies. It makes sense that someone who's made a big impression on national TV, and basically all those five voters were there wasn't much of the British indie scene in there was there, <laughs> but it makes sense because they're all making massive impact in a massive with a massive audience, so they obviously get more eyes on them. So yeah, makes sense. Correct. We move on to Feud of the Year. In the Wrestling Should Be Fun picks, we have ourselves Apron Bump has gone CM Punk versus MJF. Ash has gone Cody versus Seth Rollins. Brum has gone Spike Trevavy, Cara Noir. Conman has gone CM Punk versus MJF. Harry has gone Spike Trevavy, Cara Noir. JCH has gone MJF v Wardlow. Josh has gone CM Punk v MJF. 90s has gone Sami Zayn v Jay Uso. Phil has gone Spike Trevay v Cara Noir. Rev Pro Rob has gone Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society. I have gone Spike Trevay v Cara Noir. Ryan went for Sami Zayn v Johnny Knoxville. And Shads has gone for Brock Lesnar v Roman Reigns. So a lot of different choices. Conman, we'll start with you again. You went with CM Punk v MGF. Yeah, I don't think I've given AEW a lot of awards this year, and I think I gave them more last year than I have. I think the majority of my awards were given to AEW last year. I think the majority this year might be WWE. But um, the uh, MJF Punk feud, I remember just uh, feeling really excited when that was happening. Like, it felt fresh, and it, it felt like it was linking the good side of AEW when they do use, like, the real-world situations and, and bringing this into the storyline about you know, Punk and MJF's relationship, going back to this childhood photo and things, going back to Punk's promo in Ring of Honor. And it felt like a really nicely woven story. And obviously we didn't get the second part that we all wanted, but I still think that that part of the story alone just is the thing I remember most in terms of pure storyline this year, that I was just so excited for every every week. And I just think it deserved it. it I don't think actually there was like a clear, last year I think Hangman and Omega swept it. I think this year it was a lot closer. Yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of great feuds across the board, and yeah, we'll see who wins overall. JCH, you went with MGF again, but against Wardlow. Yeah, I think I must have been drunk, because it definitely should have been CM Punk MJF. <laughs> 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 I really enjoyed MJF Wardlow, and it did, uh, obviously the, the ending was a bit weird, and the, well, I think it was a perfect ending for, for that story. 
and it sort of played into the punk MJF feud. But it should be punk MJF. <laughs> 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 what I've done. I don't know where I thought it was last year, maybe, but I put that in. And got I, did, I did have to check the date of it because I was thinking it was the year previous. Yeah. I can't believe it was this yeah. year with all that's happened with punk. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to talk about punk MJF. <laughs> and I can't say much more than Con Man. I'll save some time, but yeah, just the promos, the the sort of off the fake MJF's upset, and then I think he must have used the devil line back at him at least two or three times this year. And even since he's been gone, which keeps me hoping he's going to come back. You know, live in a fantasy world, but um, yeah, it's definitely Punk MJF, and you can disregard my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was the only vote for MGF B Wardlow, but you know. <laughs> well, now it's got none. <laughs> Josh, you also went with CM Punk v MGF. Yeah, just echoing a bit of what Common said, really. I kind of had to look myself to see when the matches were, but I just went with what I was most like emotionally got by this year, feud wise. And it was mainly based upon the promo MGF cut about when he was a kid and he was bullied for being Jewish and all that. And when he cried a bit and the promo where he said that CM Punk left us, because I know that's something that we've spoke about on this podcast and different people have before. And I think that that promo was kind of the turning point from the crowd, really, in the sense that although he's the top heel, we kind of like kind of get what he's saying a little bit sometimes. And then I thought that the match itself at Revolution, the, the dog collar match and then Punk doing his old entrance. Yeah, I thought it was masterful in every way. Yeah, you've really um, summed it up brilliantly there, mate. I went for... Another biased UK pick, but one that I think holds up. I think Spike Chavavi, Cara Noir, easily probably the best feud in British wrestling and since probably Will Ospreay v Jimmy Havoc, I would argue. The depth of it, the yeah. slow burn storytelling, the imagery, the beatdowns of Cara Noir, specifically at the garage, were pretty hard to watch. Took you out of the fact that you're watching a performance and it culminated a pretty shocking end. And now we get even further depth with um, Cara Noir being stripped of his gimmick and stripped down to Tom Dawkins and going on a losing streak, which I'm sure is going to carry on into 2023. And I think it's just been a masterpiece. And the media team at Progress have done an, an amazing job with the video packaging. And yeah, the matches hold up. The story holds up. I think it's been the feud of the year for me personally. Ross, do you think uh, Cara Spike can go back to back then and win Feud of the Year for you next year as well? Ooh, if they manage to put out all the stops like they have in 2022, I see no reason that they can't because I'm so invested in it. And if it draws out, why not? The only thing, I guess, is if it goes long enough, I would argue. So let's see what overall points were. In fifth place is Cara Noir versus Spike Gervais. I think if more people had eyes on it, I think it may well have got further. In fourth place, one that none of us picked, I don't think, FTR v the Briscoes. It's a fair shout. Three pretty decent matches, I I guess. I feel like, yeah, it's match-wise, it's probably the the top from what I've heard of all these matches. But but I guess the fact that they can't interact on TV sort of doesn't put it in your mind. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's why I didn't pick it. You've got the guns, obviously the greats. Just great gene pools sort of facilitating the feud for <laughs> In third place, it's that man, Sami Zayn again, against Jay Uso. And then it's a straight head-to-head for one and two. And in second place is Cody v. Seth Rollins. 
and the winner. So you three will be happy. CM Punk v MJF. I think that's fair. I think Cody and Seth actually, I mean, there was, there definitely was story there. and But I think it's maybe more similar to the FTR Briscoe stuff in that the matches were what carried yeah. the feud through. And I think the MJF Punk was why we've all voted for it is because we all love the story of it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a victory for story meaning more than the actual in-ring in wrestling. Yeah, they need to work out well, a way less of this wrestling, more of this story. <laughs> <laughs> but then they had like like a killer match as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And it definitely has to have the, the killer match to pay off the feud. Definitely. I think all three of the matches were actually pretty good. Obviously, everyone talks about the cell match for different reasons, and rightfully so. I feel like Seth and Cody had pretty good chemistry in the ring every time. I suppose it's just that when I think of the Seth Cody feud, I think of the matches. When I think of the MJF Punk, I, the match isn't the first thing that comes up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm thinking yeah, of the, yeah. the way they got there rather than the end product. But I agree that the matches were still, yeah, exceptional. Okay, next category, we have ourselves pay-per-view of the year. Let's go to the wrestling should be fun picks once again. Apron Bump has gone WrestleMania. Ash has gone Clash at the Castle. Brum has gone Revolution. Conman has gone SummerSlam. Harry has gone SummerSlam. JCH, he went All Outs. Josh, he went Clash at the Castle. 90s, he went Revolution. Phil went Double or Nothing. Pro Rob, The Forbidden Door. Myself and my brother both went for Clash at the Castle and Shads went for WrestleMania. Come on, man, we'll start with you again and we'll talk about SummerSlam. Yeah, I didn't think that this was a year with a standout pay-per-view. Like, in my head, Forbidden Door was really good. But then I went back and looked at the card and I was like, I don't really remember a lot of these matches. So I, I was thinking, like, I think Clash at the Castle was a good shout. I really enjoyed that show. But I'm looking at SummerSlam now to remind myself why I picked it. And I thought that the celebrity matches were really fun. Pat, Ma- if you count Pat McAfee as a celebrity, I guess. Um, his match with Corbin and Logan Paul's with The Miz. And the Roman Brock match, which we've already talked about as a fun moment, was really good. Usos and Street Profits put on their usual excellent tag team match. It wasn't a perfect show by any stretch, but I remember really enjoying it. And Bianca and Becky in the opener was really good as well. So, yeah. I don't think there was actually a show that I would uh, care to fight for enough this year. But when I went back and looked, SummerSlam was the one that I thought had the most good bits. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the start of the Triple H reign, right, as well, which had a lot of people. Yeah, because we had Bailey returning as well, if you count that as a big moment. Yeah, I think it's a very good pick. Great pay-per-view. JCH, you went for the <laughs> much-talked-about all-out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's completely live show bias. Like, and I won't even pretend to sugarcoat that. But for me, like getting to see CM Punk win the title was amazing. Uh, but um, acclaimed swerve in our glory was fantastic. I think I might have voted it tag match of the year. I thought it was amazing. Like and that, and from what I saw, uh, and just being being somewhere makes such a big difference to me. Like I always prefer like a live show. That's the only pay per view I went to this year. I bought a couple of few of the AEW pay per views, but normally I was half cut before they even started. So <laughs> you know. I did enjoy the night of WrestleMania I watched at Dom's. That was that was fun. But yeah, I mean yeah, I think it's the live show bias and like being there and that atmosphere was really good. Um, you know, my brother was there, like Mikey, Sal, and then even even the way home, it's like the press conferences dripping into social media on the drive home. It was like 
what is happening? This is <laughs> this is brilliant. Let's get those elite guys out of here. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, just for a general experience, and and I think yeah, I'm I'm not even sure it was the I say it was the best at my favorite pay per view. Yeah, purely because I was there, but and 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 had some massive moments for me personally. Yeah, fair. I also had bias with my pick for Clash at the Castle. The atmosphere was amazing. The whole day was brilliant. The whole city of Cardiff was buzzing, and WWE put on a killer show. I know that we spoke about it on a recent podcast of potentially could they have pulled the trigger on Drew McIntyre at that show. I can tell you for now that that building would have gone off if they did because they were ready for it. But overall, it was a fantastic show. We had a five-star match with Gunter and Sheamus. We had some great moments with the Edge entrance. We had Dom turning heel. We had plenty. To, that was the beer um, pong tournament, wasn't it? <laughs> plenty to... Very good. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> Plenty to make us happy. Josh, anything to add on Clash? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I picked Clash as well and watched it from home. And echoing what you said, really, the comments I was reading online from Americans watching the show was all about the crowd, really, and just how how much they added to the show, which I think they really did. And obviously, you don't really... When you watch pay-per-views and they're in big open-air stadiums like that, I really do feel like it adds something. And like you said, brilliant match with um, Gunter and Sheamus. I thought as much as we all wanted Drew to win, I feel like that match itself was amazing. Obviously, you had the Broken Dreams bit at the start as well, which was a a great little touch. It really was. And just, yeah, start to finish. It felt like to me as one of the old school NXT black and gold pay-per-views in the sense that it was five matches. They were all pretty good. And I feel like, obviously, because SummerSlam was kind of half-booked when Triple H took over, I feel like this was much more his bread-and-butter type show. I think yeah, that the sure. Roman um, the Roman Drew match is one of those examples where I think because of the result, it's not going to be talked about as highly yeah. as it probably should. I yeah. think it's. It was, I remember thinking it was an excellent match when I was watching it, and I think because of the result being a bit deflating, it won't get talked about as a match of the year candidate. But I remember loving it at the time. I think I said on the last pod I was on is I'm not sure if that's kind of our British bias in the sense that we'd have all loved Drew to win, but is Roman kind of like the bigger story long term? I guess we'll. We will wait and see. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely with the... Common there. Actually, coming out of the stadium, we were talking more about the Drew match as being the match of the night than Sheamus. So, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, wild, right? Like, obviously, they were. But I think they were both really good. But I can see how you get swept up in it, being in that live crowd, all roaring Drew on. You know, I think with Walter and Sheamus, you you want Sheamus to win, maybe because he's <laughs> the Irish guy's nearer, maybe, but you're happy either way because they're both guys that the British crowd have seen come through. Whereas, you know, a British crowd's going to cheer Drew over Roman every day. And I think Roman generally was getting a mixed response in American crowds because he's so fucking cool. Whereas that crowd was completely <laughs> on Drew's side. I think for the long term, they made the right decision. Yeah. I mean, I think I think for the, yeah. as much as the moment would have been fantastic and it would have like, that's, and that's been uh, almost a criticism in WWE in the past is that you, pop for the moment and don't tell the long-term thing whereas what they're doing with Reigns at the moment at the moment over the long term has been such a good story that I don't think that's the place that it was meant to end so I think you've got to credit them for not giving in to the moment in that instance still putting on a great show great match and continuing on with their long-term Roman Reigns plans well said well said man uh, so let's go to the final scores In fifth place, a show that none of us 
talked about is AEW Full Gear. Which one? Is that the last one? <laughs> that was the last one, yeah, where MGF won the title. That was fun. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have any hot takes. I can't remember it too well. We had a couple of beers and watched it on the live. Like, we had a little chat going. It was fun. I feel like all these AEW pay-per-views kind of merge into one for me this year. It's been really weird. In fourth place is Coleman's pick of SummerSlam. On the Decent entry for SummerSlam. In third place was Forbidden Door, a show that match quality, excellent. But as Coleman says, perhaps a few of the matches weren't particularly memorable. In second place was Clash at the Castle, meaning that first place is WrestleMania. WrestleMania was good though. Maybe not number one, but I thought it was good this year. What, like the fault, like they get, they, they people counting up both days? I guess so. Yeah. I feel like WrestleMania was very much, and take this for what you will, it was very much a WWE show under Vince McMahon. So take that for what you will, but it was very WWE in every way. Seems so a bit cheating because if you're the two, because if you're the one, <laughs> so no, it's like, like on Blockbuster, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania did have some excellent matches. Bianca yeah. Becky was fantastic. Cody Seth was fantastic. Sami Zayn v Knoxville was a lot of fun. Vince versus Pat McAfee was brilliant. It was Ed's Randy Orton finished. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So yeah, WrestleMania, number one for pay-per-view of the year. Next up, we have ourselves promotion of the year. Last year, AEW ran away with this. Let's see if they can do it again. Apron Bump went with WWE. Ash went with WWE. Brum went with Progress. Tom Man went WWE. Harry went WWE. JCH, first pick for AEW. Josh went for Progress. 90s went for WWE. Phil and Rev Pro Rob went for AEW. I went for Rev Progress. Rev Pro not on brand there, is he? <laughs> 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 I went for Progress my brother went for Chaos and Shads went for AEW so come man you went for WWE yeah I, I think they had some really hot, good highs this year I don't think it was like a perfect year where they smashed it by any means uh, I'm not trying to be negative I, I enjoyed my wrestling this year trust me um, I just mean I don't think it was like a stellar year which people are going to look back on obviously the momentum shift in the middle of the year with Triple H coming and everything uh, phrasing they had really solid matches, some good stories were told, and I think they were a bit more consistent from what I saw than AEW, and they're the big two, really, in terms of production and everything. I find it hard to look past them sometimes. I will say that I almost went for Impact. I think Impact have had a, on the sly, really good year. They've got a really good set of champions there, loads of decent wrestlers on the undercard. I think Impact's a bit slept on, but I couldn't honestly, hand on heart, say they're promotion of the year. But I'm surprised no one else did, because I think Impact's been on a roll. For their size, they've overachieved, I think. They've certainly had plenty of votes in the overall, so we'll wait and see where mm. they land on the overall. Good. JCH, you went AEW? Yeah, I mean, I've got to go with what I watched. As much as I have checked out and followed WWE a bit more this year, I still haven't... I mean, I think it's more um, like you don't... You know, if, if you quit smoking, you don't have that first cigarette. Like, it took me so long to quit watching three-hour Raws. I don't want to watch one just in case it hooks me back in just after one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't, I can't yet, you know, get myself back into that. Um, so, but an AEW, I say, especially during the 
CM Punk time, I'd be watching like either as live or live every show. And now I still sort of try and keep up with it. I've enjoyed going to progress, but I honestly can't tell you I remember enough to give them any awards. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, and they're the sort of three things I've been watching this year. Um, I've I've been hearing lots of good things about Stardom, which I used to be a fan of. So I'm tempted to maybe get back into that as something that's not on as many radars, and just to be able to offer some more opinions coming at it from from a different angle. So maybe I'll bring into that in the new year and and see what happens there. But for this year, I had to go yeah with AEW for what I've enjoyed the most and spent the most time watching. Great man. Well, plenty of people do go for AEW. Josh and myself went for progress. I think that's, again, kind of bias for me personally. I've had an absolute blast this year going to the shows. It's really felt like a return to form with progress. They've started telling some really captivating stories. They're highlighting some wrestlers that we didn't know too much about two, three years ago, and we're growing to love them, growing to hate them in many cases in the right way. And yeah, we've seen some absolutely brilliant matches. Super Strong Style, I thought was a massive success. I thought that they told some amazing stories over, over those three days. Really gutted for Warren Banks' injury. Um, I'm hoping that he can come back next year. I absolutely love that bloke. And yeah, I've just loved hanging out with my mates at the Graps again. Yeah, I think obviously it's the only promotion I think I've gone to this year, really, progress apart from local ones. And um, it's it's always a great day out. I'm never going to slate that. And there has been some great stuff. We already talked about Car and Spike. For me, the only reason I couldn't honestly put it as mine is the world title was a bit of a mess. <laughs> and I just didn't really until Spike got hold of it properly I, I just felt like that marked against progress but that's not really their fault because of certain talents getting injured or not being able to be used Um, so yeah Josh who also went with progress as someone that had never been to a progress show previous to this year that's a pretty bold statement yeah I think when I was thinking about it I think this was actually the hardest one for me to pick out of all of them mainly because the three shows that I watch each week without fail are Raw, Smackdown and dynamite and up until triple h took over i was really in like a i think as most of us were in a pretty negative place with regards to wwe and then obviously i think AEW kind of pretty much ran away with it last year i don't think many people could dispute that but i feel like probably through it's probably quite harsh actually through circumstances not in their control at all i feel like their tv at different times has they've been forced to book kind of weird obviously they've had certain people not be available for this reason or the other but then like you said, going to progress, I feel like from top to bottom, card-wise, I feel like I'm pretty much invested in, in kind of everything they've got going on, really. Not just kind of like the main event scene. I feel like all their matches and stories are quite entertaining. And I feel like it's it's what I like in my wrestling, which is like a variety show. You have your, your serious matches and you have your fun matches and then you've got that bastard with the world title as well. So, Well said, man. Well said. Let's move on to see who came out on top. In fifth place, Claudits for your boys at Impact Wrestling. Come on, they've had a good year. Honestly, there's a really good program. I don't profess to watch Impact week to week, but whenever I dive in there, there's always at least one good match. Really good match because Mike Bailey's there and he can't have a bad match. And another thing, like I was saying earlier, like they've got the right champions in most divisions, which I think is so good for a company their size. Like Josh Alexander and Jordan Grace leading those two divisions. Chef's kiss. Bang on. In fourth place, we've got ourselves a British entry. Progress Wrestling make the grade at fourth place. Pat on the back for Lee and the boys. In third place, perhaps more of a reason to get back into it, James. Stardom. I'm a stardom. Go on, yeah. stardom. Up the stars. 
Which means that New Japan Pro Wrestling didn't even make the top five. That's mad, isn't it? We haven't mentioned them once, have we? It's crazy. Come on, you man will be on the phone to you. Yeah. I think that's the reason why they're stinking the place out of it at the moment, isn't it? I'll get over it. I don't think it's awful to watch wrestling wise, but story wise, they peaked a few years ago, didn't they? The Wrestle the Kingdom card looks good, though. Yeah, it does. does. Does look good. I've got the day off for that. I'm looking forward to it. Who's going down Belushi's at 6 a.m. to win the absolute nerd quiz again? <laughs> you think they still run that? Is New Japan popular enough to do I don't that? Know. It still makes me laugh, though. Of all the nerds who got up at 6 a.m. to watch New Japan, and we won the quiz by about 50 points. That's how nerdy <laughs> we were. <laughs> Absolute nerds. <laughs> and in second place, they've lost the crown this year. AEW fall down to second place, meaning that in first place, in a massive turnaround, when you think where they were in 2021, WWE. Yeah, I think that if Triple H carries on riding this momentum, he might bring it home again next year. But we'll see. I hope hope AEW can get their buzz back. I don't think they've suddenly become a bad company. They've just had, like you say, events happen and injuries have happened and they've just lost a bit of buzz. But I think they can get that back. They've got I, such a talented roster. I'd say, like, you've got AEW, you're in the third year now. So people are starting to see, you know, we've seen this, you know, you know what the heights can be and they started so high, but you, you've got to live up to that. Triple H has come in from... With expectations down here, he doesn't have to. Del- I'm not saying he's not delivering, but he doesn't have to deliver that highly. Oh, I agree. Like, yeah. WWE is such a passionate fan base, and people who want it to do well. I know there's obviously a lot of people who don't want it to do well as well, but the majority of people who do want it to do well, but just by having that bit of an increase, it's going to get people more excited about it. And yeah, hopefully, he can continue to build and make it continue to make it better. Because I'm sure there's lots of stuff he can he can continue to do better. And if he started off like this, then it, it's it's a nice sign for the future. But. Also, Ross, did NXT count as a separate promotion? It just didn't make the five as well. Nobody voted for it. So <laughs> oh, right. I'm say no. It's a, bit, yeah, it's NXT, a bit harsh, but you know. It, it probably doesn't deserve to get many votes, but it's it's fun, isn't it? It's well, got that, a lot better. A very fun I, I, I will say that. I don't know what Ross thinks, but it definitely has, from the start of this year to now, I feel like it's definitely got a lot, lot better. And I, I, I quite enjoyed the last um, takeover, pay-per-view, whatever they call it, they had. I thought it was a really good show. What about NXT UK? It's final year getting any buzz. <laughs> yeah, real shame. <laughs> GCW um, did get in there then as well. I thought GCW was like the thing now that everyone loved. Yeah, I don't think it got a single vote. Isn't that like really popular or am I in like a weird Twitter bubble where it's really popular then? Because I thought mm. people loved GCW. Your mate's Dog been quite likes it. <laughs> Obviously I am in a weird bubble. Uh, Maybe it's like everyone's second team. It's like Nigeria, <laughs> yeah. Cameroon at the World Cup 99 or something. I think um, <laughs> to, to, in music, Supergrass did a tour and they were like, everyone's second favourite band was the name of the tour. Because like, <laughs> favourite band is Supergrass, but everyone likes Supergrass. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Faction of the Year. And this one ran away with us a bit. Absolutely all of us. 
in the wrestling should be fun job lot picked the bloodline <laughs> Losers! apart from phil who picked blackpool combat club and <laughs> rev pro rob who picked the acclaimed oh do they count as a ta- yeah is that a faction is oh. that a faction i oh, guess because should. they've got a trio does that count i think the faction has to have a name and an identity that's separate from the tag team no in my opinion I say I'm glad I'm glad that you claimed and Mr. Ass are getting some love. Definitely, I just <laughs> I, I say I, w- I wouldn't have considered them as a faction, just because they're more to me they're more a tag team with a manager almost, or a tag team with a daddy. I don't know. How <laughs> <laughs> you want to put it? It's actually it's weird that um, the bloodline have swept it so much because I feel like there's been a bit of a return to form of factions, hasn't there? Like obviously AEW have always been quite faction heavy. And then on top of that, you've had WWE with Judgment Day, with the Bloodline, with Bailey's faction. Like, there's been a, quite a lot of factions in WWE buildings. So, obviously, the return of the faction, but there's still just clearly one running it. Return of the fact. <laughs> so, in terms of votes overall, I can give you a list of ones who were voted for. We had Blackpool Combat Club, the Bloodline, United Empire. Mm. DDM, Bulk Orchestra, Maximum Male Models, Jericho Appreciation Society, Imperium, The Brawling Brutes, Heavy Metal Sisters, Judgment Day, Death Triangle, The Elite, (laughs) and Toxic Attraction. Oh, that's a good shout. I feel like if Toxic Attraction would have gone to the main roster, I feel like they'd have got a few more votes. And also the House of Black. What's Bailey's one called? Her faction? Damage control. Damage control. Did they not get many votes, no? Didn't get a single vote, no. But I guess but because him. they because they only existed from August, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But who are the heavy metal sisters? Is that, is that um Rosemary and Jessica Havoc? Oh, is that what their name is? I didn't know that. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. With Tyre sure in there as well. I'm sure Phil will put a sound effect in. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Donna Del Mondo, the stardom, DDM stardom. Yeah, there's quite a few stardom picks in this one. So yeah, there was a lot of different options, but the Bloodline appear to be the ones that have swept away a bit. Little thoughts on the Bloodline in 2022? Well, it makes sense for me they swept away. They've got the biggest star. They're the biggest company. They've had the fun moment of the year, fun rest of the year. And they've had about (laughs) six different intertwined storylines in their faction. So they've actually had like intrigue as well as having like... (laughs) all the great star power and they've told good stories so yeah it doesn't surprise me that they i think anyone who's watched them would put that and i say like there's also there's a lot of people who don't watch wwe and so, uh, all those other factions definitely deserve mentions there's probably some great stuff in some of the other things that we haven't seen or i haven't seen personally but um yeah so i think the amount of eyes that the bloodline's going to get plus with the, the great performances they've been giving they make sense that they'd sort of run away with this one this year and a lot of gold as well. A lot of gold in that faction. I'm surprised yeah. Durag and the boys didn't get many votes. <laughs> <laughs> Malik's crew. What is, what, what is their faction name? Bus wankers! I've no idea. I'm pretty sure I put Durag as one of my picks for... Oh, if he's, for, um, if he's at unboxing, oh my unboxing. God. He'll get the, <laughs> I, he will get the biggest pop from our section. <laughs> yeah, so would you potentially say that the bloodline are on their way to surpassing the shield no i feel because i feel like this time next year i don't feel like we'll be voting we'll be talking about the bloodline as a thing 
certainly in their current form. I mean, we might have the Usos and Roman, but I feel like we've got to be heading towards, or at least on the road to Sammy leaving the group. And I feel like he's he's such a key element of the group in its current form. I feel like this time next year, they're going to really look different. So I feel like the Shield was like at least like two or three years, wasn't it? Maybe longer than that. I'm not actually sure how long the Shield went, went on for. I thought the Shield were better as the Shield than they did individually, all of them, when you count. I mean, <laughs> I think that mainly is because of what happened with Moxley in WWE, and I don't think it ever really suited him. And Reigns has come and now sort of finding himself. I know he's he's been Roman Reigns, but not the, so I don't think the crowd ever accepted him in what they were trying to do with him. And like so... I thought the Shield was the height of most of those guys until now. I think Reigns and the Bloodline are potentially surpassing it, but will it create the same for the other members? Or what? What? Yes, as Josh said, if when Zane, which we all expect to leave, what what comes next for him? Is he is it going to push him up the card, or is it going to be that this is his highlight, the height that he's going to reach? That's fair. That is fair. So we'll go on to the results. Action of the year, twenty twenty two. In fifth place, Jericho Appreciation Society. Bit of a no, surprise. Not having that. In fourth place, Judgment Day. Yeah, they had a good year. Especially like second half. I feel like, maybe aside from Ricochet, I feel like the Judgment Day have been Triple H's best like project since he kind of took over. I feel like they were a bit lost in the last few days after Vince, um, sorry, after Edge left the group. And I feel like they've really rescued it with pushing everyone else up. And obviously, like, Rhea Ripley's this monster. And even Dominic's coming in. People hate him now as well. So, yeah, I can't really argue with that in the placings. In third place, I think this is the first vote for New Japan. It's the United Empire. Well, they were in AEW as well. <laughs> and Rev Pro. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are in that United Empire? Honestly, seven. Billy O, Aussie Open... Great O'Conn, Jeff Cobb, Gideon Gray, TJP. Uh, is it Akira? Francisco Akira, isn't it? See, well? yeah, he's in. Penare. <laughs> oh, Penare's in it as well, isn't he? Old, yeah. Old, uh, <laughs> old tie-break winner Aaron Penare. Oh god. <laughs> so they've got like nine members, I suppose. Like they've had a good year. I mean, Aussie Open had a big year. Will Ospreay has uh, yet again had a good year. I suppose, yeah. Across Great the world as well. Great O'Conn's the Red Pro champion. Great Khan's the best thing. He's he could be fun rest of the year if New Japan sorted themselves yeah. out. Yeah. Um in second place, Blackpool Combat Club. Mm. What are they gonna be called now? Now that Regal's going back. Like but they've are got, they still they've, gonna keep the name. Yeah, they got new ja- they've got new jackets, so I reckon they're keeping the name. Mox and what, Mox like- and um Cesaro had new like jackets this week, so with with Blackpool Combat Club on, so I reckon they're maybe last week. But... I think it makes sense to still call them that as the Legacy comes from Regal. I don't mind it. And in first place, without question, it's the Bloodline. Can I ask a question about the Blackpool Combat Club, though? <laughs> How many of the Blackpool Combat Club have been to Blackpool? Do we reckon they've been? Well, Danielson once wrestled on like the, the Butlins loop. So if he's wrestled at Butlins, maybe he's wrestled like somewhere in Blackpool. I reckon Danielson definitely has. And I reckon Cesaro probably has as well. And Utah's big on bounce back ability, so that's where he could have fit. <laughs> I reckon two out of four. Half the combat club have been to Blackpool. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd you? go with one. I think 
Maybe I'm underestimating uh, Claudio, but I think maybe just Danielson. Is he well, it? If anyone knows, Brum will know because he'll go on cage match and find this out. Brum, find out. It, no, it'll be in the next quiz. How many <laughs> yeah. Blackpool combat club members have been to Blackpool? Bonus point for naming who? <laughs> okay, let's go to the next category, which is Tag Team of the Year. Wrestling should be fun votes. Apron Bump and Ash went with the Usos. Brum went with Sunshine Machine. Conman, he went with FTR. Harry went with Pretty Deadly. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> yes, boy. <laughs> JCH, he went with Sunshine Machine. Josh and 90s both went with the Usos. Editor Phil went with Sunshine Machine. Rev Pro Rob went with FTR. I went with Sunshine Machine. Ryan went with the Smoking Aces. And Shads went with FTR. So, come man, you're an FTR man this year. Yeah, uh, two reasons, really. One is that they held the New Japan, the AAA, and the Ring of Honor tag titles all at the same time, which is just ridiculous to do. Um, and secondly, I, it was coming back to what we said earlier, that Briscoe's trilogy really are three of the best matches this year. So they've had the match quality mixed with achievement. Uh, I think the Usos is a very fair shout. They've had a great year, but I think FTR nudge it on match quality of that Briscoe's trilogy. Yeah, that, that is perfectly valid, mate. Perfectly valid. JCH, you went with Sunshine Machine. Josh, you went with the Usos. So let's go with, with, with you first, actually, Josh. Let's go with you with your Usos pick. Yeah, Alan. I was I was 50-50 between these and FTR. I feel like if FTR had got that last piece of the puzzle and the timing was right, maybe they'd have got it. But just with the Usos, I feel like I've seen them on a more consistent basis. I feel like I've seen them wrestle solo as well. Well, not solo, literally solo Sagoa, but as in singles matches. I feel like they wrestle a variety of different opponents and they're always pretty good. I feel like the promos are always pretty good. The, the segments are always good fun. And yeah, I don't think you could be more pushed as a tag team than they've been. They're in the top company. They've got both belts and they're in the, the top group. So yeah, I think they've had... People used to debate between them and the New Day. I feel like that conversation as years go on will probably just be the Usos, to be honest. I think they've had a, an amazing year. Very valid. Very valid. JCH and myself went with the Sunshine Machine. Obviously friends of the group, but what a year they've had, eh? JCH? Yeah, I mean, they had a massive run with the Repro titles. They're Still in the middle of a run with the progress titles, I say just these guys are. I think two of the people who really benefited from the uh, pandemic era. What is that when they started tagging? Because obviously, yes, because they did the storyline where Chuck Mambo was down in the dumps, and then TK came back and kind of pulled him onto his feet, and they became a tag team. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't watching at that at the start of that point, but I I remember watching both of them beforehand in progress, especially. And yeah, just to see them, yeah, they, they sort of come up with new innovative stuff a lot. They, they're very crisp. They're both individually really talented. It's nice to see Mambo recently with his, um, in his uh, promo work with Lycos. I thought he really shone there, which is something not that I just haven't seen him do before. Not that I think he's been poor. I just haven't really seen him. I've seen yeah. him do the comedy stuff, but I've never really seen him do that serious type of promo. So that was really cool. Yeah, just two guys I think have smashed the UK scene and sort of almost completed it in the words of Jay from between us. But yeah, it's been interesting to see where, where they go next. If they, if they go somewhere else, if they, if they stay, stay around, well, hopefully they stay around here for us, for our sake, but you know, I wish them all the best and hope that, you know, there might be other things in their future, but who knows? Yeah, definitely. For me, the uh, tag team world in British wrestling has 
been brilliant this year and specifically that kind of period where it was aces 0121 and central yeah. machine and lycos gym where we kind of have a version of that match in some way for about four or five months but they kept it fresh each time absolutely blew us away and then culminating in that ladder match where central machine finally got the gold loved it and yeah worthy winners in my opinion should we go to the results yes So in fifth place, happy days for the Sunshine Machine. They've made the top five. Fifth place is Sunshine Machine. Very well done to them. In fourth place is Aussie Open. In third are the Acclaimed. And then we have ourselves a straight shootout. And the votes here were just eight votes in this. Second place are the Usos, meaning that first place... A FTR. I can't really argue with that. As someone who's picked the Usos, I think either of those two are worthy winners. I think maybe FTR, given the fact they've done it in different companies across the world, really, maybe that's just edged it for them. Yeah, no yeah. arguments for me. I picked them. <laughs> Yeah, I think you look at the body of work for FTR, as, as Josh mentioned, going across the world, different companies. You've got matches of the year talked about in regards to like the Briscoes, Aussie Open, probably underutilised in AEW. I think a lot of people would say this year. The start of the year, you had, I think, the rest of the Bucks. They had the match, yeah, the great match with the Gun Club last week. Probably just cemented them the award if they only won by a few votes. Yeah, so I think they've just, as you say, yeah, they're playing across different uh, companies, whereas the Usos have... Who have the Usos worked this year? Everyone. They've worked quite a lot, haven't they? Like, Everyone, I've seen, yeah. Like, like... The Street Profits match at SummerSlam was one, obviously, I was saying earlier, that was a really good match. And, they, and they've, they've had... done, like, the, the Brutes. They've done, like, uh, they did, like, Riddle and Orton, didn't they, as well? And... Yeah. 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 They've held the belts all year, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, they did they pick up... Through the year? Yeah, they picked up the second lot, yeah. I feel like FTR have got quite an interesting 2023 ahead. I feel like we're not quite sure where they're going to be contract-wise. Oh, or I feel like they're kind sure. of losing all we're the belts sure where now, they're going to so. be. I think, well. I think, I think you say interesting. <laughs> I think within two weeks of this podcast going out, they're going to have lost both their titles. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're going oh, to be in, that. <laughs> in another promotion. They're going to be taking on, they're going to be taking on the Usos in, uh, <laughs> in WrestleMania. That's my... <laughs> So let's move on to the last three categories now. First up, female wrestler of the year. Votes from the roster. Apron Brum and Ash went with Bianca Belair. Brum went with a stardom wrestler that I'm not going to pronounce very well. Siri? Siri? I think it's Siri. S- Siri. Siri. Yeah. Is it S-Y-U-R-I, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Siri. Got it. Rum went with Siri. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Siri, how do you pronounce the... <laughs> <laughs> Conman went with Bianca Belair. Harry went with Rhea Ripley. JCH went with Jamie Hayter. Josh and 90s went with Bianca Belair. Phil went with Jamie Hayter. Red Pro Rob went with Jade Cargill. Myself and my brother went with... Bianca Belair and Shads went with Jade Cargill. So let's do the person that didn't do Bianca Belair, and that is JCH with Southampton's own Jamie Hayter. Yeah, um, I think she's 
had a really strong year. Obviously, I haven't watched enough WWE to go with any of those those ladies there. So I went with the best, who I think been the best on AEW. A uh, combination of like character work, uh, the sort of like ongoing long story, long term story with Britt Baker that some people think's gone on too long already. Fair enough, but I like the fact they've almost switched roles now. You know, Jamie Hayter was always the underling. She never joined in with the DMD. Rebel did. She never do it. So it's always like in the background. And then as her stars become bigger, suddenly you think maybe, well, she won't be the one to turn on Britt. Britt will be the it'll be the jealousy their way round. And then she's won the title. Her match with Sheeda last week was really, really good. If anyone hasn't seen that, I'd recommend checking that out. Um, and now, yeah, now you've got, you're just sort of waiting for, for Britt Baker to turn on her. As before, you were sort of waiting for her to turn on Britt Baker. Then it was like, which one's it going to be? Whereas now you think that Jamie's the, she's got that the fan reaction behind her. And she's had to earn that. She's come from nothing really in, in the, for an American audience. Obviously, we, we know her from the UK. She had success in Japan, but she's come into that company as pretty much an unknown uh, wrestler. And she's built her star up so much that people are cheering for her over the likes of Britt Baker and I can't remember who else is in the four-way. Uh, Tony Storm and I think uh, Sheeda was the other one. And she was the fan favourite in, in that match. And she's she just built herself up uh, with, her, with her ability and her performances. So, um, yeah, I've got to give her a lot of credit. And obviously someone we want to see succeed is someone we've seen come up from her very start. So. Yeah, it's definitely something that AEW is what the fans wanted to happen with kind of organic improvement and star power from someone that's not from the rival promotion, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the rest of us three went with Bianca Belair, which where do you start with Bianca Belair this year? She has smashed it, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's just took the WWE women's division by storm. And um, what can you say? She's been the best woman in the biggest company. Yeah, completely agree. I just think... Uh... Her level of star power just continues to rise. She's just got it, hasn't she? Like, whatever it is, like, Bianca Belair's got all of it. And she's just amazing. And, like, that's not even to undo the fact that she's good in the ring and has had great matches. The Becky match, probably the highlight of the year, I would say, uh, from memory. There might be another one I'm forgetting. Um, I do think that Jade is a good shout. Just maybe hasn't had the um, matches to back it up in terms of being put in a position to have long matches and that. And I'm not sure, you know, if she'll get that opportunity this year. Hopefully she does. Because I think Jade Cargo was an absolute star. But uh, Bianca, for me, was the one that she's just been at the top level all year. Just going through some of the votes of people that didn't make the top five. We had Willow Nightingale. Is that a good year? I love Willow Nightingale. Asuka. Julia. Another stardom pick, right? Julia. Yeah. Jordan Grace. She's had a great year. Britt Baker. Probably the biggest female star in AEW. I don't think that's a debate, is it, actually? She is the biggest female star in AEW. Someone that I thought would have got a few more votes and didn't make the top five is Liv Morgan. Before she had a, yeah. Uh, really good I feel like people kind of soured on her a bit when she got the title, didn't they? Through no fault of her own, I thought. I thought that was quite harsh. But yeah, she had a, she might, she might, she could have been one, depending on how you interpret it, like JC8 said, who could have won the Rising Star Award. I know she's been around for a while, but she was just kind of there before. And obviously this year, she, they went all the way with her. What yeah, about sure. um, Mandy Rose get any shouts? Obviously, she's in the news at the moment, but did Mandy Rose, she had held the belt all year in NXT until recently. She did get votes and she's in the top five. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie Ito, Alex Windsor, Ronda Rousey, Thunder Rosa, Roxanne Perez. It's a good shout. Has Tony Storm's name been mentioned yet? Tony Storm got three votes. She won a title for a long time, so I just thought, you know. Abaddon got a single vote. Shotzi got a vote, and surprisingly, not in the top five this year, Becky Lynch. Oh, wow. 
I feel like Becky Lynch and Bailey, suppose, will both be featuring more next year when they have a real solid yeah. year's worth of run. Yeah. Same with Charlotte as well. Charlotte's back, guys. I'm Come really on. quite surprised that um, Becky didn't get in there because she had a decent year, I think. She did a lot of good work. I know you were a massive fan, obviously, Ross, of the work at the start of the year, right? Getting Bianca in position. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that as well, by the way, but yeah, I know. But she but, was out between, what, August-ish and, like, November time? Yeah, it's only kind of, like, two and a half months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's more than... You can miss how much time and still be very rest of the year. Might be. So, top five. We have myself, someone who didn't wrestle that much this year, but made an, a pretty big impact in the biggest promotion. That's Rhea Ripley. I think she's had yeah. a great year, to be fair. I feel like she's, like... I, I hope they do her and Bianca at WrestleMania, to be honest. I, I wouldn't mind if Rhea Ripley went on, like, a... Like a cane run in the Royal Rumble. I've really quite enjoyed. They've now done kind of like three or four face to faces with Rhea Ripley with wrestlers that she's not really wrestled, like Bianca, Becky, Asuka, and you're like, yeah, all of those, please. Yep. In fourth place is Siri. <laughs> I wish I knew more about Stardom. I agree with what was said earlier. I, I don't think I've really ever watched Stardom, but I know that it's very highly rated. I know they're going to be at New Japan this year. Obviously, um, they've got that title now that goes across. Promotions, yeah. I think, that Kyrie, yeah, yeah. artist formerly known as Kyrie Sane has. So, yeah. So, I've heard a lot about this uh, Siri. I think it's Siri and Julia, I believe, had the have a few going. I might have that wrong, but those two, because they both sort of started just after I stopped watching. But I've heard quite a bit about those two wrestlers. Apparently, Julia is like going to be a mega star. I feel like Stardom might be helped by certain someone who might bring some more eyes to them in the next few weeks or so as well so i feel like that might get them a few more votes this time next year yeah for sure if her star power brings eyes onto that product and the wrestlers are as good as people say they are then yeah definitely going back to julia it's spelled with a g and yeah. it makes me think of um in the wedding singer when <laughs> adam sandler's like her name's gonna be julia gulia <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> If someone goes off on a tangent, they change the subject completely in the middle of a speech or conversation. In third place is Mandy Rose, who pretty much dominated NXT all year round. And also, I hope she does come back to a wrestling promotion. She doesn't need the money or to bump if she's making that sort of money that's been alleged. But I hope she does because she's class. Big knee. Big knee, yeah. A great big knee. Talking of that impact roster, I think she'd be awesome on there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Shout. That, would, that would be place, a huge get for Impact. In second place, JCH is your girl, Jamie Hayter. Happy with that? Yeah, good. Yeah, good recognition, to be fair. Yeah. Well done, Jamie. And in first place, I don't think there's going to be too many arguments across the board, is Bianca Belair. I'm on my own. The EST of WSBF. <laughs> <laughs> we now move on to Male Wrestler of the Year. Apron Bump has gone for that man, Sami Zayn. Ash went for Sheamus. Brum went for MGF. Conman and Harry went for Sami Zayn. JCH... The one and only CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> you are made of stupid. Josh went for John Moxley. 90s went for Sheamus. 
Phil went for Jericho. I'm gonna throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. Rev Pro Rob went for Moxley. Me and my brother both went for Sheamus. And Shad went for Roman Reigns. No votes for Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks there, just saying. <laughs> Let's start off with the Sami Zayn pick. Yeah, oh, man. I, I think he's been the wrestler of the year. Probably feeding into what they're doing over on AW in terms of sports entertainer or wrestler of the year, whatever you want to call it. I think Sami Zayn's the guy I'm going to remember from, from 2022. Again, like with some of the other awards as well, I don't think there's a standout competitor that we can say is head and shoulders in the men's division. Like, I feel like it's been a strange year where no one's really had like a a massively killer year, unless you're JCH and CM Punk has. But I mean, like Roman has had a great year, but just not seeing him every single week probably counts against him. But match quality wise, he's been great. But Sami Zayn's, I took it as an overall rather than just on the matches. And I think in terms of a sports entertainer slash wrestler, Sami Zayn was probably the best this year. I think that is is fair. I think the statement that the wrestler that you'll think about in 2022 is Sami Zayn. I think that is bang on. JCH, your man. This is your time to shine. Talk about CM Punk. After what Cornman said, the wrestler you think about from 2022 is going to be Sami Zayn. For me... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the rest that you're going to think about for 2022 is CM Punk. He's in Feud of the Year, voted for by you guys, not me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> At least he flew to Chicago just to watch him. Like, I wouldn't have gone if he wasn't. And then when I thought he wasn't going to be on the card when he got done by Mox three days before it, or the week before, and I thought, oh, he's not going to be there. I was like, oh, this is a wasted trip. But then Ace Steel came to the rescue. You should get a mention. And then obviously the... But all, every year, I say, I would tune in to, to watch him and I loved the matches, love his promos. Even like the fact that, like, he's... I can't remember that, but that match he had when he sort of... Um, it might have been last year now, but when he uh, bumped and you weren't sure if he'd botched it or he just got injured and because he, he just sold it into an injury, like, seamlessly and you couldn't quite say if it was deliberate or part of a storyline. He's got that nuance about him. He's not the most... The greatest, like, technical wrestler. He's not the greatest high-flying wrestler but as a wrestler and with like a complete package with the promos. And it's like, he is a bit of a dick, which I think plays into it. But then he, he can also like capture you. I say that promo in Chicago, which he sort of, I think it flipped a little bit easily just based on Ace Steel shouting at him. He went from down in the dumps, downtrodden to sort of in the crowd with the thing. But he still captured the hot the crowd because that went from a sort of like quite Moxley X crowd. It wasn't like he's the homecoming you'd expect for a CM Punk. And he sort of won them around pretty easily. And then the promo after after All Out, arguably one of the uh, <laughs> more memorable moments of the year, which I think people are always going to remember. And we always want to know exactly what, what happened afterwards. I think it's a shame that he's, they can't work it out. But and I think that's, I say I don't know him. I think that's probably more him. But I think like, I, I say they keep getting these little illusion, illusions back to him, which suggests to me there's an outside chance. Even like the Bucks... Sort of mocking the fall over buckshot lariat, and I mean, I know Omega shouted out Kenta after they go to sleep. But if that was just on its own, then yeah, he'd sort of. But with the Bucks doing that bit as well, and you think that maybe there's an outside chance he just comes back, or maybe you just come in and just beat him up <laughs> for a laugh. But no, he's by far my <laughs> rest of the year. I enjoy, I'd say, obviously, a massive fanboy. Not saying I completely agree with everything he did, but I don't think, I think the people in the higher power positions of, uh, got away with things that they should probably have been, you know, if anyone's getting fired, I think you sort of got to pick your, pick your poison there, guys. But, um, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to work together in the future. 
or he'll go and work somewhere else and go and work, I don't know, Cody in WWE or something. Or <laughs> if um, AEW don't manage to get him back on their screens, it's such a big miss, isn't it? Because that is money, isn't it? Like, yeah, and it was all set up love... for him to drop the yeah. belt at MJF and finish that feud, which obviously we called feud of the year and there was still like one chapter left of it. Yeah. And and it's a shame. And 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 I think the likes of FTR leaving, they're obviously big punk guys. And like we're pretty sure they're gonna end up back in WWE. I'm not saying that'll leave him to join WWE, but I think that like if he was still there, there's a more chance that they might have stuck around. And I think there's that locker room's got a split. I'm not saying it's punk and the elite, but I think it's the elite and the people who think they're goobers, which I think is quite a big 50-50 mix. And I think they're going to lose some talent. Due, and they've lost CM Punk. I think they're losing FTR. And that's, I think, because of CM Punk's more probably because of CM Punk. But I think the elite have quite and have quite a lot to do with that. And as much as good as they've done, I feel like they're going to cost that company with some more talent. And especially with WWE on the rise, I don't know if they can afford to do that right now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. CM Punk, rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting um, to think of, like, obviously... I'm not going to go as far as JSH. I understand his reasons for putting him, but a fully fit punk and a punk that wasn't pissed off to the extent that he has taken himself away. Like he genuinely would have been a front runner for the rest of the year. If you think of the storylines that were lined up yeah. and the title win, I think there's a parallel universe where he is rest of the year. I, I can't honestly with yeah. hand on heart say he's in the conversation, but I understand why you've gone for him, JSH. Oh, that's fair. I, I feel like if he doesn't get both the injuries and, the press conference and the brawl doesn't happen, which are obviously like massive, massive things. <laughs> I feel like he absolutely walks wrestler of the year, in my opinion. I think even if he avoided the first injury and got through like nine months, yeah, I think he got a pretty good chance with what he'd done. And if he'd done the summer how they how they were hoping it would go, yeah. And then because he had like was it Tanahashi at Forbidden Door, yeah, he wouldn't have had this sort of hot shot in it back and forth with Mox a bit. At least one match with MJF he'd have done as well for the title. Yeah. And then that, and then even if he'd gone out still with the press conference in September and having done nine months of it, I think he's got a better chance of getting a bit more recognition from a few more people. But yeah, it's a shame. And I say I think his body's obviously breaking. He's he's had a few injuries yeah. now. Yeah, he's still the my highlight of the rest of the year for me. <laughs> and Josh, you went with Moxley. Yeah, I feel like when certain other people let the company down, he picked the company back up basically. I'm joking, I'm joking, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I'm, actually, I'm not joking in a way. I feel like Moxley, he's come back from his own personal problems, which obviously we won't get into, and credit to him for that. But I just feel like he's gone in different companies. He's had all sorts of matches with all sorts of different people. I feel like his promo work is exceptional. I would prefer to him to bleed a little less. I'm, I'm sure his family and his, his wife and his daughter would as well. Yeah. Um, you don't need to bleed every single match. But other than that... Yeah, I think he's an outstanding performer and I think he's had a brilliant year. I think he's proven to AEW. I think he's probably their most valuable player. I don't think that could be disputed. He's their go-to guy when literally when they need someone. I mean, he cut short his vacation, for God's sake, just to get them out of a, a pretty big pickle. And I feel yeah, like we talk about was... um, promo work a lot here and obviously MGF and CM Punk and others in AEW are amazing. But that promo that Moxley did the day after, not the day after, but the week after All Out, where he kind of like showed himself as the kind of locker room leader almost. That was like goosebump tingling. Felt very real. Felt very real. Yeah. I liked the one the other week when Regal said his speech about teaching one more lesson and Moxley basically went, What the fuck was that? 
<laughs> that's what we were all I mean, it's what we were all thinking at home. <laughs> that was my favourite one. But I agree with the other one as well. And I went for Seamus. Pretty biased. I've been banging on about how good Seamus is for years. And it feels like that moment in that patch house in Wales where 70,000 people got to their feet. As we have established, all of us, a brand new indoor attendance record of 93,173. As Seamus did after he went through an almighty battle with Gunter was like the moment when people admitted what I've been trying to tell people all along, <laughs> that Seamus is unbelievable wrestler. And to be there for that moment, that was pretty special. And he organically turned face with the Brutes through that moment, I would say. And previous to that, he was having bangers with the likes of The New Day. And once he turned face, then he was having absolute bangers with the likes of Solo Sikoa and the Usos. And that six-man tag at Extreme Rules is probably the epitome of it. Absolute banger. And as he says, he has banger after banger after banger. And that is what he does. I've absolutely loved him this year. I can certainly make my own admission that it's pretty biased, but I just love the bloke. No, he's when, class. When do, you think, when do you think it turned for Seamus, Ross? Because I've never, never disliked Seamus, but never was a massive Seamus fan. Obviously, I've heard you talk about him for a while over the last couple of years. And when I've watched matches in pay-per-views with you, he has always had like really big, good, hard-hitting matches. I don't remember that happening so much when I was watching weekly, even during his like height of his title runs. I don't remember well, I was... these kind of matches that he's having now. Because I go out of my way sometimes to watch the Seamus matches because you talk about them. And they never let, let me down. But I don't remember that being the case. I don't think it was bad, but I never remember that being the case when I was watching every week in 2012 or even as recently as like 2015-16. I think that the turning point was, I think last year, WrestleMania match against Riddle. I think that was when people were like, okay, I get it. And he slowly but surely turned people around from that point on, I think. I think he won a lot of friends in the bar. That was good, yeah. Yeah, I was that guy who you guys were alluding to who I never really disliked Seamus. I just didn't like him in that sense. I just didn't really see much to him. But I think, like Ross has said, I think it was kind of during that, the back end of the COVID times and that WrestleMania match as well. And you kind of watch his matches and they're quite, they're quite enthralling, actually. And then, obviously, as he's got Butch and uh, Ridge with him, I feel like that's a really good act. And he's seamlessly turned babyface. And, obviously, the match with Gunter was amazing. And the War Games match recently was brilliant as well, I thought. So, yeah, I hope they um, they continue to push Seamus. I really do. And I um, did a bit of research recently. And I think Roman Reigns hasn't had a singles match against Seamus on TV since, like, 2018. And I feel like that, that was that be when a program. Roman won the title of him. Yeah. And I wow. feel like that could be a program that runs for a while, that he's a legitimate threat to Roman and it will be a banger. Yeah. So let's see who won rest of the year. In fifth place, Coleman, it was your man, Sami Zayn. <laughs> it's a good position for him. He's won enough. He doesn't need another one. <laughs> <laughs> In fourth place, Will Ospreay. I say, from what I've heard, match quality-wise, Will Ospreay's walking this. Yeah, I can't say I've watched enough. I've only seen mainly his. Where have these matches been happening? In in England, Rev Pro matches or just uh, well, Rev Pro. He had the uh, Ricky Knight. I think the Oak 
Was Oku this year? Yeah, that blew yeah, up. Didn't it was early this year. There's a match that Oku was right at the start one. of the year. Yeah. Um, Ricky Knight, he'd wrestled Ishii did recently, I haven't seen, which was the main event of my car. So. Um, but apparently, New, New Japan apparently had some little bangers. I know the final with uh, Akada got really high reviews, but the semi with Naito was ridiculously good. Yeah, I, this, this G1 was the first one I've properly watched every match for a long time. Uh, and Osprey was absolutely incredible in his G1. I mean, obviously, he's going to be every year. But yeah, like you said, Matt, the two matches were amazing. His six six men matches in AEW were really good as well. Yeah, he just needs to get into one of those major companies now. Like New Japan isn't the star it was, I suppose. But he's got a pretty big match in a couple of weeks, though, so that might do him some good in the uh, year-end voting for next year. In the shop window, It'd be interesting to know when his contract's up and whether he will stay in Japan or now there is. Like, I don't. I mean, I know he said before he'd never go to WWE, and now there is an alternative. Whether he'd be interested in that, or whether he'd even, or whether um, New Japan. Yeah. Is Japan. I feel like if they could do a deal where he could do both. I feel like he'd be open to that. He can, um, he, he seemed, I mean, things change and I don't profess to know anything about his personal life. But I think lifestyle was a big reason he stuck with New Japan, wasn't it? Like he liked the yeah the lifestyle of it. So I just want, yeah, like only because I've, I'm not going to argue that he's wrestling. Yeah, I just, and I've heard that these matches are good, but it's just getting to see them all. And I'm, I I'm see with you. I say, I'd like to see him somewhere where I could see him more. Like Yeah. I feel like if Phil was on, he'd be able to bat Will Ospreay's case a bit more. Because I know he's always raving about him when he goes to Ref Pro and stuff. Yeah, I think he's validly been named fourth. I just think eyes aren't quite on him as much as others, are they? The, um, was it Cassidy he had? Was that this year, wasn't it? For Bindor? Right? Yeah, yeah Bindor, yeah. That that's probably the most watched match for most of us, I would say. like, If you took a general poll, that's probably the match people saw most. And yeah, that was great. I, 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 was, I was a naysayer of Osprey before, as you know, and... Um, this style of Osprey's working now is right on my street. Just elbowing <laughs> people in the brain will win me over. <laughs> in third place is another member of the Shield, Seth Rollins. He had a really good first half of the year with Cody, didn't he? Like that feud that we talked about. And then yeah. he's had some really good stuff dropped in, and especially on TV and stuff through the US title run and things. Slow babyface turn. Can't really argue with it. Maybe three might be high, but he's had a good year. And in second, we've got another Shield member. John Moxley, happy with that, Josh? Yeah, like I said, I, I just think all round he's been excellent. I feel like he's done it in different companies, different match styles, different opponents. Oh, I just remember that match see... he had with um, I went to. He had with uh, Biff Busick. Um, oh my Blood god! Sport. Yeah, I I heard about that, that one. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. Like... All right, mate. It's just another example to the. Yeah. You know. To touch he, on he what bled Josh it. said earlier, though, like he bled in that being one as well. reliable is a big reason why he's on the list, right? Like he's just yeah. been there when AEW really needed him. He stepped up and delivered. Jamie like, Milner, yeah, he is. He's been the Milner <laughs> of AEW <laughs> this year, but he has just like not let them down when a couple have, like for whatever reason, injuries. And I'm not getting into it again, but and Moxley's just been consistent and put on a, at worst a great match, if not an excellent match. Like he deserves to be in the top three easily. De- definitely agree. Yeah, yeah, and. The winner of Male Wrestler of the Year. QCM Punk's music, Phil. <laughs> it's Roman Reigns. The Shield Top 3. Wowzers. Wow, Shield yeah. Top 3 in 
the only reason I didn't go for Roman, and it's probably harsh, is because he turned in, transitioned into a part-timer. I think if he did that work, but then I feel like we'd be in the catch-22 in the sense that I feel like that's part of his act and that's what makes him special. I feel like we don't have enough attractions in wrestling. I feel like a lot of people are overexposed. But that's why I personally didn't pick him. But I, I, you can't really argue with him as a pick. And I feel like his actual matches as well have been pretty decent as well. I mean, for God's sake, if you get a great match out of Logan Paul, I think that's good going. He's not had a bad match, has he? I don't no, think he's had a stinker. No, not that I can think of. He had Seth in January. Was that Rumble, right? The Seth yeah. match was really good. Yeah. Uh, Mania was Brock. Maybe that was the only one who kind of underwhelmed a little bit. Yeah. But then I think they made up for that in the summer. The match with Drew we've talked about. The other match with Brock. Just an excellent... The Logan Paul match even, yeah. He's bigger than wrestling now. He's a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is probably the best one for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a real good point there that Josh made about the fact that he's not overexposed. It feels like he's been given the kind of Hulk Hogan territory championship reign, right? Where you only see yeah. him when it truly matters. He's going to move be on to the main event. Star. The main event is match of the year. So let's see what the rest of should be fun boys picked. Apron bump when Osprey versus Okada. G1. Ash went Seamus v Gunter. Bram went Hangman Page v Brian Danielson 2. Conman went Seth Rollins v Cody in the Hell in a Cell. Harry went Karanoir v Spike to Bay I Quit Match. JCH went Acclaimed v Swerve in Our Glory. Josh went Roman Reigns v Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. 90s went Seamus v Gunter. Phil went Osprey v Oku. Repro Rob went FTR v Briscoe's 1 out of 3. I went with Shaw versus Kanji at Super Strong Style. Ryan went with Cody v Seth at Hell in a Cell. And Shads went with Lucha Bros and Young Bucks. So that's the Cage one. I think that was the year, year previous. Year so I'm actually not yeah, entirely sure if that was my, going for like a That was my 2021 match of the year. That's yeah, what I remember. I'm mine. <laughs> I'm hoping that he's gone for a match that was on Dynamite or something. Otherwise, he's just gone for a 2021. Who knows? <laughs> They've definitely wrestled this year. They must have, yeah. So, Conman, you went with Cody V, Seth in the hell on a cell. Yeah. I think it's because of the, the moment, right? It was a really good match. Like, objectively really good. But there's maybe been matches that have matched in terms of what happens between the ropes and everything. But there's not very many matches where I've looked at someone and just been worried so much that they just shouldn't be in that ring and I don't know what it says about me that that enthralled me more knowing how injured Cody was and the position he was in within this match like it's kind of like the reason we love King of the Ring 98 and the Mankind falling off the cell like it's horrible we know the damage the guy took but you still watch it every single time and and feel the same love for it And I'm not saying that the Cody moments on that level because that's iconic but it felt like the closest thing to that, where I'm just so worried about this guy's position. And to be able to go and put on a match of such high quality in that position, where you can clearly see how injured the guy is, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's like a, I can't explain it in like, there's matches I'd go and rewatch more than that. But in terms of just a stratospheric moment in wrestling, I, I honestly felt it was a one-off. Like we won't see many things like Cody Seth again. And that's why I went for it. Brilliantly put, mate. Brilliantly put. JCH, this was a live match for you, I think. The acclaimed versus Swerve and our glory. Yeah, I'd just like to give just a back shads up. I've just done some research for him. 
uh, on the eight hundred no, the forty fourth edition of Rampage on June the third. The Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros had a match which is scored eight point eight four in cage match and got five stars in the rest of his ever newsletter. So I think he's Fair enough. He has picked a good one. Fair play. And it wasn't from twenty twenty one. Yeah, so as you as you know me, I'm terrible at remembering matches. And I again, as I mentioned earlier, I do have a massive live bias. And as much as I love Punk winning the title as a pure match, the swerve in our glory acclaimed it just just captured so much about like wrestling that you enjoyed that the acclaimed sort of making it as their sort of that was their sort of moment i think that as the acclaimed had arrived at that point and you got keith lee who's like a beloved baby face like just changing his style enough without being completely heelish and you had swerve who was being swerve and that dynamic between them two, I really enjoyed their whole run. I think it was a really underrated run. I think when people look back at it and you just see the whole story that they tell throughout their um, their whole run as team uh, was really good. And yeah, I say, um, yeah, my live bias person always have been. And that was my highlight of the year from what I can remember watching live. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, we spoke about the Drew match earlier, but how good it was. But maybe it would have been even better if the result changed. Because AEW were able to fix that shortly afterwards, maybe this lives on slightly better in people's memories. Yeah, what well, I, I didn't think I didn't I was I was fine with the result. I enjoyed the press conference afterwards when they spoke to Swerve and, and Keith Lee and they were like, What do you think about people saying they should change it on the fly? And they were sort of playing half in character, half like, Well no, we beat them, like, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, every every team we every team we come against, they, everyone says the other team should have won, and we beat them. We keep going, and it was quite yeah, a, a different approach to the press conference than some other people. But <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah, that proved the acclaimed were ready, and then that allowed them to go on and win the title later time. I don't think I don't think should, they should have changed it on the fly. I think that I disagree with that. And I think it would have made the story less complete if they just lost and had a rematch and beat them. This way they. It also added more to the Swerve and Keith Lee story down the line by the fact that the way they managed to do it. Yeah. Well put, man. Well put. And glad that it tore the house down live for you as well. Josh, you weren't here live for this one, but you enjoyed it enough to make it your match of the year. SummerSlam, Reigns against Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, with this being wrestling, it should be fun. I went with the match that I had the most fun and most laughter during. This match was absolutely ridiculous. In every way, I was like pretty much everyone else in the sense that I could not believe that they booked another Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. Um, <laughs> but just everything about this from start to finish, Brock coming out on a tractor, Roman Reigns catching the microphone, Brock jumping <laughs> off the tractor, Tyson Fury punching Austin Theory. Was that that one or was that in Car- that was in Cardiff, wasn't it? That was Cardiff, but let's yeah. throw it in there. <laughs> the, the Austin Theory on with this was uh, he tried to cash in and they all beat him up with the briefcase. That was funny. That's right, yeah, yeah. And then obviously the the spot with the tractor in the ring was just when you they do stuff in real life that I can't do on the two uh, K game. That's when you've got to give them, that's when you've got yeah, to give yeah. them credit, I think. And no, just just something I never thought I'd ever see. It was just ridiculous, and it's very rare you can do stuff for the first time in wrestling in twenty twenty two, and they did that in this match. And I hope more than anything, and I think given the change of power now, hope we never see them wrestle again because if that's how you're going to end. A pretty iconic feud, given the ground they covered and the, the events and the, the magnitude of the you know WrestleMania match here, there and pretty much everywhere. I think it's one hell of a way to end a pretty memorable feud down the years. Yeah. 
Well said, man. And you weren't the only one that picked it either. So don't feel bad about picking one that made you feel all fun and nice. <laughs> <laughs> and my pick was another one that was live bias. Probably the match that I was the most invested in was Super Strong Style, Shaw versus Kanji. Two out of three falls. They absolutely killed it on, I think it was day three on a show that we'd been stood up for what felt like 400 hours and the crowd were starting to become a bit tired, but they really brought the crowd back into this one through the drama of, similar to what Conman was saying about um, how uh, Cody really shouldn't have been in the ring. Obviously, this is wrestling version of that where they played on the fact that Kanji had a steel bar in her arm after a bad arm break. And Shaw really targeted that arm throughout, felt like she was going to quit. And it was almost like, I don't want you to quit, but almost as a fan of the wrestler, you it got to the point where you almost wanted her to do it. But she fought back and won. Shaw really brought the brutal kind of strikes in this match. There was some real heavy hitting in this match from her in particular. And in a similar way to the way that I loved Seamus getting his flowers at Clash of the Castle in a loss. She also got it in this match because she was off to Impact Wrestling and the crowd rose to their feet after she rose to hers. And even though she was the big bad heel, uh, she got a massive round of applause because we knew that she was off and that she gave us everything that she had in the ring. And yeah, I absolutely love this match. I'm not entirely sure how many of you guys on this podcast were at this show. And, and I know that nobody loved it quite as much as I did. But for me, it was my match of the year and the match that I think about. Awesome. Two progress nominations from that weekend. Did I hear Kara Spike was in? Someone put Kara yeah, Spike Yeah, Harrison. Very yeah. Flat, yeah. So yeah, good weekend for progress. So let's go to the overall scores on match of the year. In fifth place is your boy JCH, CM Punk v MGF at Revolution. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that entrance alone should win some awards from TM Punk, to be fair. Yeah, that was a moment. Yeah, definitely. In fourth place is FTRV, the Briscoes won at Ring of Honor. In third place is G1's Will Ospreay v Okada. It was really good. I mean, <laughs> it was on my I've, I've already, I've already said good. it wasn't my favourite match in the G1, but I can't <laughs> argue it. It was a good birthday present for me. Yeah, can't argue. <laughs> well, it was it was um, objectively very very good, so it deserves to be in the top five. In second place is Command's pick of Cody v Seth. We'll take it. And in first place, a match that I don't think many of us picked from wrestling should be fun. Let me just quickly double check. Oh, nineties did pick this. It's Seamus v Gunter from Clash at the Castle. No. Wow. It was really good. Argue. Pretty good wrestling match, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Awards done and dusted. We'll run through the awards one more time. Fun Wrestler of the Year, Sami Zayn. Fun Moment of the Year, Feeling Usi promo. Rising Star, Takashita. Is that right now? <laughs> I think it's Takeshita. Takeshita, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'm not, I might um, be wrong, but it's, I feel bad <laughs> <laughs> Feud of the Year CM Punk v MJF Pay-Per-View of the Year WrestleMania Promotion of the Year WWE Fraction of the Year The Bloodline 
Tag Team of the Year, FGR. Female Wrestler of the Year, Bianca Belair. Male Wrestler of the Year, Roman Reigns. And Match of the Year, Sheamus versus Gunter. Thanks do we so have, much for, for everyone. Do we have any retains? Sorry, Ross. Did Roman Reigns retained, right? Was he the only one? Did he even retain? I don't know. Probably wrong time to ask. Let me quickly check. Right, at the end of a pod. So we had last year's winners were Fun Wrestler of the Year was Chris Jericho. Feud of the Year was Sasha V. Bailey. Moment of the Year was Edge Return. Pay-per-view was Royal Rumble. Promotion was AEW. Tag team was Young Bucks. Wrestler was Drew McIntyre. And match was Dragonov v. Volta. Oh, so wrestler of the year wasn't even Roman Reigns. So the only person retained is match of the year with Gunter slash Walter. <laughs> yeah. Gone back to <laughs> yeah, back. pretty much, yeah. Yeah. The big man, Reign Supreme. They're not so big man now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, medium-sized man. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that any of you three want to plug? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dom's CM not Punk's here. Merch- so I- Dom's not here, so I'll plug their uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun Instagram at WSB Fun, is it? At uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is it not? Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, I follow it already, so I don't need to know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to plug the uh, three-way, what are they called? Guinness, Handsome and Headbutts. The Australasian-based <laughs> trios team at Progress of Dom, Matt, Carlson and TK Cooper. Correct. We will be at unboxing, so if you want to come and say hello, we'll be by the bar making a lot of noise, uh, spilling drinks probably. Could be on the show, who knows? (laughs) Josh, did you want to plug your site? Yeah, nobodysready.com. Before the end of the year, I'm doing a feel-good moments list from the year, because I feel like there's been a lot of shit in wrestling in 2022, so I kind of want to remind people it wasn't all bad. Next month, I am doing one about where I rebooked the run of The Fiend to kind of some mental therapy for me. And I'm also <laughs> looking back at the 1999 Royal Rumble event, which had the Rumble with Vince in and the title match where Mick Foley took maybe a couple too many chair shots to the head. That, that's my intro into wrestling. Wow. We had no chance in hell. It was The Fiend, not even Vince's theme. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> I'm interested in this fiend thing. By the way, Josh. Uh, I had some questions about him for you, but I'll save them for another day. <laughs> save them for Friday, mate. Save them for Friday, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll see anyone who comes to say hello to us on Friday. This has been episode 77 of Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Wrestling Should Be Fun 2022 awards. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Wrestling Should Be Fun. Should Be Fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.